everyone dreams of living an uncommon life. And the best asset you have to achieve your dreams is you. Welcome to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living uncommonly. We're also going to give you some tools and strategies for building wealth and for pursuing an uncommon path that is uniquely right for you. Welcome, everybody, to Uncommon Wealth Podcast, where I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Super grateful that I said that name right. Uh, man. You know when you make a big change, it's like... Uh, it takes you know, a while. It's when we used to have to write checks after the beginning of the year. Yeah, the previous year. The dates. It's, it's like one of those things. It is. And it is a new year. Grateful that you're on the show. We have an amazing guest with us today. But here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you. This year is going to be a good year for you. I just got a good feeling. Okay? So, uh, thank you for being part of the Uncommon Wealth uncommoners as we call us. Um, we're grateful that you're here. We hopefully that will, this will give you a good idea of how to be charitable. Uh, we have a guest on the show. He's kind of a big deal. People know him. His name's Dan. All right. Give us a bio. We'll get into it. All right. We have the one, the only Dan Navarra on the line. <laughs> Dan has uh, a little bit lengthy bio, so I'm going to try to trim it just a touch. Uh, he graduated from college, and then he went to the Fuller Theological Seminary for his Master's of Divinity. Um, I kind of feel like I want that. That sounds nice. Uh, Dan answered the call to vocational full-time ministry in his college years and enjoyed 15 years as a local church pastoral ministry uh, person and specialized in teaching, project management, and stewardship. And uh, he is now with the National Christian Foundation, and that's what we're going to unpack today. He also has a wife, Amy, who we know and is awesome. Rock and star. three sons. Uh, so we're going to unpack legacy, giving, and uh, all that is in between. Welcome to the show, Dan Navarra. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. I am just thrilled to be here. Yeah, you should be. There's millions of followers and listeners, and so there's a lot of people this is going out to. Definitely my parents and probably Brian's parents. So at my, least we got four. My parents don't even listen. So. Okay, so there's only two. That's not true. We actually have a little bit more listeners than I ever thought we would. So thanks for being on. First, let's unpack NCF. What is that? How did you get involved with it? Seems like a pretty cool organization, and you're jazzed about it. So let's start there. Yeah. Yeah, NCF's amazing. If you haven't heard of National Christian Foundation, I tell people all the time, it's the best kept secret in Christianity except for Jesus. And, well, uh, all right then. Yeah, I know, because it's amazing how many Christians just don't understand. And so <laughs> the, the reality is N NCF's been around for 40 years. It was started by three guys. Their names that uh, you or your parents might recognize. Terry Parker, who's still alive. Ron Blue. People know Ron Blue Trust a little bit. And then Larry Burkett. Larry Burkett, I tell people he was Dave Ramsey before Dave Ramsey was cool. And okay. uh, so they were started in the 80s. And uh, since the 80s, we have had uh, generous Christians grant out a total. We just crossed the 15 billion with a B mark wow. uh, th this year. Yeah, pretty cool. It was a big celebration for our company. Uh, started out in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, that's where our national office is. There's about 200, 250 employees there. Uh, that's where all the the lawyers and the CPAs, all the people with all the letters behind their name exist. And then there's about 30 national affiliate type offices uh, throughout the country. And we service all 50 states. And I am with the California office. And that is an absolute blast. And so I am the Central, Central Valley Area Director for NCF California. Um, and you guys aren't anywhere close to that. But it doesn't matter because there's an NCF person who's in whoever's backyard is listening to this podcast. And so 
that's kind of the history of NCF. At our core, we were a donor advised fund. And that's a phrase that if you're not familiar with and you're listening to this, you probably should become familiar with. Um, the donor advised fund is the fastest growing charitable vehicle in the world. Um, and it's because it's got some pretty incredible tax benefits for people who want to be generous. Um, and NCF is far and away the largest Christian granting organization out there. And so, and uh, so is it yeah. safe to say, Dan, that like people could, if they wanted to do a donor advised fund, and if that was part of their plan, that's something they could open and steward through your organization? Yeah, 100%. And, and what I'll say by way of just being honest and open about that is pretty much any like financial brokerage firm like you know Schwab, TD Ameritrade, whatever, they all have yeah. donor advised funds attached to their wealth management system. And they the, uh, this is kind of the interesting part. They are not 501c3 nonprofits the same way that NCF is. We are a charitable ministry, right? According to tax code. Mm -hmm. And so our charitable purpose is to actually help people develop a habit of generosity. And so we actually have a mission statement that sounds a lot like a church, right? Uh, and and that, that's because we're not just trying to be a financial institution. We're actually a ministry that's trying to release resources. So for instance, Schwab has the largest donor advice fund in the world. And they have like a total of I think last count it was like 14 or 15 employees on the Schwab charitable payroll. Wow. Yeah. Because they're outsourcing all the management to their for-profit sector. Right. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> they're, they're, they're taking in, they're taking in dollars and uh, for every dollar they take in, it takes, they're, they're only granting out 15 to 20% of those dollars every year. So it takes, you know, 10 years for every dollar that goes in to actually get to the ministries that need those money, that, that money. NCF's totally different, right? For every dollar we take in, we're granting out 70 to 80% of it a year. And so it's taking, you know, a third of the amount of time to actually get that those dollars into the hands of ministries. We love that because we actually want to see ministries funded by generous people. I mean, be better, Charles Schwab. Be Come on, better. Charlie. What are we doing? Come on, Chuck. <laughs> Come on, Chuck. Okay, hey, uh, I want to go this, because you did kind of briefly touch on it. Tax benefits for a donor-advised fund. What are they? You yes. said they're cool tax benefits. Let's talk about it quick. So people like okay. me on the uh, listening is like, oh, what, what could they be? Okay, so if you just give straight cash to a donor-advised fund, you can take a deduction up to 60% of your AGI for the amount that you give. Okay. And there's a five-year carry forward on that plus the year that you give it in. So if you have, if you, man, we have a, a major liquidity event and you just now had that, you had that event six months ago and you're just now hearing this podcast and you just heard about donor advised fund. Uh, you have the cash on hand, you've already paid taxes and you still need a deduction, right? To match that liquidity event. You can give a big old chunk of change to NCF. We'll hold on to it for you. And you take that deduction. You can carry it forward against 60% of your AGI for the next five years. Okay. If you give an appreciated asset, okay, you can carry that forward 30% of your AGI. So if you're selling a business, um, real estate, property, stock, uh, that has a 30% AGI deduction, fair market value deduction that you can carry forward for five years plus the year you give it in. And if you do a combination of the two, it's 50%. So uh, there's some massive benefits. A lot of people think, oh, I should give it to my private foundation. The tax benefits are not quite as strong with, with foundations. Um, plus, there's a bunch of bulky overhead typically with running a foundation. And so the donor advised fund is like it, 
if you think, you know, with your Dave Ramsey glasses on, right, he has, you know, your savings envelope. Remember the envelope system, guys? Oh, we know. We know. We're on the same page here, Dan. You have your spending envelope and then you have your giving envelope. Uh, So maybe, you know, functionally in your bank account, you have a savings account, right? That's your saving for a rainy day. You have your checking account. That's what you're spending on any given month. And then you have your, your giving fund with NCF and that's your charitable checking account. Literally from your cell phone, you can grant to charity and it takes minutes. It's, it's very easy to set up just like as if I was opening a checking account on my Citibank app. Uh, it's the same. It takes you know two to three minutes to open a giving fund with NCF. And that functions as your charitable checking account, your donor advised fund. And the way that that works is you get the tax benefits now because you give the money to us. We're the 501c3. You're the ones. We're, we are the ones who send you your uh, tax deduction letter at the end of the year, your statement for giving. And then you, once that money is given to us, can grant it to whatever charities you want uh, at whatever interval you want. And so if you have this liquidity event, say you sell a $10 million business and you gave NCF 10% of the shares, uh, it's a million bucks, right? You're not going to give a million dollars to your church the next day, right? They're going to build the youth pastor a swimming pool in his backyard or something. Yeah. So <laughs> you, can, you can grant it out in t- 20, 10, 20, $30,000 increments as much as you want, as fast as you want. And uh, it's very easy to set up from the comfort of your couch. Nice. I want to go, I want to take one step back. Sure. Take it. And I think the two words that we're kind of touching on maybe today are one, giving and two legacy. Why, why give in the first place? Like, why should we give whether you're Christian or not? I think the principle is universal. Do we want to, you would want to try to convince you Brian to give? I'm totally kidding. No, just like, I'm just like, yeah. Why should we give from a heart perspective or from a community perspective or from a God perspective? Yeah. I I think it's fun to explore. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think the culture of the world outside of following Christ is take care of number one, right? It's take care mm-hmm. of me. It's, it's, I get mine. I cover my own back. Um, and the king, the kingdom culture is upside down. It's the first will be last, right? And the last will be first. And it's, it's the exact Jesus opposite. Most, yeah. It's the most powerful being in the universe, washing the very feet of the person who's going to betray him. Right. And so, generosity is counterintuitive to the culture of consume, consume, consume that I think we'd all agree our kids are being raised in, right? Like, uh, and it's, it's only gotten magnified more by, you know, on demand, everything, Twitter news, you know, my kids don't know what commercials are because they don't watch, they don't watch commercials. I do Um, feel like they are getting dumbed down because when we were kids, it was just like, what's Saturday morning cartoons? That's what we're watching. Now it's like, I have, I can (laughs) can watch watch any cartoon. and I don't know what to watch. It's ever been. What's happening. What is happening right now? It is wild. It's wild. Wild. You used to have to wait until like December 15th to get like the, the Mickey Christmas special on Disney. And now you can watch it in May. It's like, what is this? Yeah. It's what is happening in the universe. So, so I look at generosity through a through a biblical lens, right? And let's just kind of start at ground ground zero of that. Like book of Leviticus, you know, nobody reads Leviticus, but that's where the whole idea of a tithe was created, right? And it literally was Moses teaching on this idea that every time you have a sheep go underneath your staff, when you're counting your sheep at the end of the day, you, you count to 10 and the 10th sheep is dedicated to the Lord, okay? And, and, 
And that, that's where it starts. And I think the idea with the tithe is to realize that actually you might think you own all the sheep, but you don't. You're a steward mm-hmm. of it. God, God owns it all. Like scripture is pretty clear that every breath in our lungs, every penny we have, God owns it all, right? And so the, t- the idea of the tithe is to illustrate I'm actually not the one that's calling the shots on my life. You might be saying buy or sell on the market. Uh, you might be making a decision of should I buy this you know, business or this piece of real estate or whatever? Should I give this money? But re- really and truly, we, are, it, we exist because God is gracious enough to let us breathe. <laughs> and so the idea of the tithe is just to il- simply illustrate, I truly believe God is not, uh, that I am not in control of my own universe. Uh, I think of it like this a lot of the time. When I was a kid, my parents let me borrow their Suburban to go to Lake Tahoe for the weekend. And so they entrusted they entrusted this resource to me. And it was my job to take good care of the car, to be a wise steward of it. And that actually meant there was some investment from me. I had to bring it back with a full tank of gas and I had to wash it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so just because they let me... Just because they gave me the resource, like God gives us the resources, doesn't mean we're not supposed to care for it well, right? And and that that's what I think the tithe is. The, stage two, beyond the ten percent idea, the, the you know one out of ten sheep, and literally tithe is the Hebrew word for ten um, or tenth. Uh, next level is kind of the offering, and and offerings are above and beyond that kind of ten percent minimum that I think. Scripture makes pretty clear that we should be giving and, and offerings have varying levels to them. But I, I've, I think NCF's kind of got the corner on the market of what I would call the eye popping gift. It's not just like a, Hey, I, you know, I give to my church and now I'm going to support young life or the pregnancy center or the gospel mission or whatever. The eye popping gifts you see in scripture are wild. Uh, one of my favorite ones is in Acts chapter four, Barnabas sells a field and it doesn't say he brings a a tithe to the apostles. It doesn't say he even brings an offering. Those two words don't exist in this passage in Acts chapter four. But what it does say Barnabas does when he sells his field is he brings all of it and lays it at the apostles feet. It's one of the first asset gifts in the new Testament. He literally gives not the profit from the sale of of the asset. He gives all of it to the kingdom of God. And that's just like wild, wild generosity, right? Nobody does that, except there actually is a community of people that are trying to figure out, how do I give the barn away instead of build a bigger barn? And that's who NCF works with, people who want to be wildly generous. And it's super fun. That's cool. Yeah, and I heard the the tie that explained too is just as the tenth or percentage is like God doesn't say that we can't make money or that we have to be poor. And the reason it is a percentage is to, you know, prevent us from, you know, succumbing to greed. Oh, yeah. So you can make more, but that means you're going to give more. Um, And I think, you know, the, the uh, Bible verse where it's, you know, the, he who is basically um, wiser disciplined with a little, you know, will be given a lot. Yeah. Uh, So we have to be, you know, we have to be diligent with what, with the little to gain more. And so anyways, uh, really good. What, um, when you kind of talk about the offering or this like wild giving, could you share some stories maybe, um, you know, in general of kind of maybe some of those gifts that you've seen in real life? You know, I think sometimes we read this stuff in the Bible and it's like, Oh, I don't, you know, that stuff doesn't happen or miracles don't happen, but 
sure. none of that stuff is happening all the time. We just don't really hear about it. Sure. Uh, let me let me kind of do that in in stages, right? So m- most people's wealth, eighty percent of the world's wealth, is held in assets, not in cash, right? Mm-hmm. But ninety percent of all Christian giving is done with cash. Okay. So there's a problem right there, right? People are giving from cash, but their wealth is actually in their assets. So when you start thinking about assets that you can give, some people don't even know they can do this. Like some people know if they have appreciated stock, they can give it, right? But mm-hmm. they don't really realize the huge benefit of it. But when you give stock that's appreciated, the embedded capital gains that you would have to pay otherwise if you were selling it goes to charity instead of to Uncle Sam. I've never heard of anybody who would rather pay more taxes and give less to charity, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so like that, that's, sure. the pri- that's the principle that's at work here when you use donor advised fund, okay? Stock is one of the easiest things to give. It takes, you know, a couple of days for the whole thing to happen. Super yeah, a couple fun. of clicks, okay. transfer, boom, it's done. Yeah, right, because you send the stock to NCF. NCF sells the stock the next day. That money flows into your giving fund as soon as it clears. And your giving funds, you know, that's our word for donor advised fund. And then that money can go directly to charity the next day after that. I mean, it's awesome. There's no fees. It's, it's a piece of cake. But then when you talk, start talking about property or, or business interests, whether it's S-Corp, C-Corp, whatever, uh, you can give – if you're selling your business – this is – you want a real-life example. I've got a guy who owns 50% of a business, and the percentage that he owns is worth about $30 bucks. okay? He is going to give 10% of that to NCF. So a $3 million charitable deduction on his taxes, okay, that he can carry forward for five years. It's S Corp. We are wow. gonna hold we're gonna hold that for up to five years. NCF is gonna hold it. Okay. We are non-voting silent partners. So we're not sitting in the boardroom. We're not making business decisions, right? We're literally just holding the shares of the business. If there's a distribution, uh, that distribution at 10% goes into his giving fund. But here's where it really gets fun because it's S Corp. It's a tax pass through. Okay. So we'll just use, say the numbers, $400,000 his company would normally give him uh, to pay the tax bill on his wealth distribution. Okay. Uh, that's his tax bill because he's not a nonprofit. We hold it in a Florida trust where there's no income tax and our taxable liability is about 50 to 60% of what his would be. So the excess of that 400,000, we'll just call it 200 grand, goes into his giving fund and he can grant it to charity. Super fun. Yeah. It gets better though. His son is a vice president with the company and he eventually wants the son to take over the company, okay? So the company is going to buy the shares, those 10% of those shares back on a promissory note. Every time the company makes a payment to NCF for those shares, the shares are going to get reassigned to his son. And that money that the company pays is going to go into his giving fund, totaling $3 million over five years. His son is going to walk away with 10% of the shares of the company. He's going to walk away with a $3 million tax deduction, all those tax savings over the five years, plus a total of $3 million that's going to flow into his giving fund that he's going to fund his charitable giving with for the rest of his life. Okay, He's going to do that many times probably over the next 10 15 years to end up passing the business to his son. His son's not going to pay a dollar out of his pocket. The business is making the payment. But what he's doing is he's funding his charitable giving, empowering his son to keep the family business, okay, and taking massive tax deductions at the same time. Everybody wins. 
And he's like, man, I can give so much more to all these ministries that I care about rather than just taking my W-2 or my K-1 income and giving after I pay Uncle Sam his, you know, 30, 40%, whatever his tax yeah. bracket is, right? Now, all of a sudden, I can give so much more because I'm taking the gains and I'm giving those as well. It's wild. Huge. Yeah. Let's take one step back. I probably got the cart before the horse, but, you know, Let's say you're sitting in front of a couple. Sure. And, you know, we're doing, you're kind of the, you're, Philip and I are there, you're there, third seat. Yeah. And uh, they're saying, hey, I want to do a financial plan and I want, we want to give. We've never really gave strategically. Let's say they're newly married. We've never really given strategically together. Does the NCF have like a process or a questionnaire or some sort of, uh, to help a couple kind of like what, what is important to us? What are we going to give? What? Are, how do we want to be generous? Yeah. So there's there's a few kind of high level questions that we probably start with, and then you can get as tactical as you want down in the weeds. But uh, most couples have never wrestled with the idea of a financial finish line, um, especially business owners. Right? It's it's always just keep climbing the mountain, and you never really reach the top. And when mm-hmm. you do, it's that liquidation event. So I, we love helping, helping people actually wrestle with what is a financial finish line to take care of us in retirement and our, you know, our kids, grandkids, whatever. Some people, like they reach that line much earlier than they think when they actually set a goal <laughs> rather than say, oh, a little bit more won't help, won't hurt, right? Well, then they end up working and working and working and they're consuming and consuming and they're scaling their life up at the same time. We, we like, like to ask the financial finish line question. And then there's kind of four areas that we, we want people to wrestle through uh, when it comes to their charitable giving, right? It, it's the, the first area is kind of their the general legacy, right? How do they craft an enduring story? How do, what are their grandkids going to say about them, right? Um, my, my grandfather, uh, he insured the Oakland Raiders back in the day, kind of a self-made millionaire. And I remember late in life, he would pull the entire family together, fly. He, he lived in Arizona. He'd fly us to Arizona and it wasn't a vacation only. It was, Hey, I want you as my grandkids to come see this habitat for humanity house that we're building that we fully funded, right? Like he's passing on a legacy to us of generosity. So the first area is legacy, right? What's the story going to be? And how, what do you want people to know you as the second area we help people wrestle through is family. Um, so many people uh, in the boomer generation and older are losing sleep at night right now because of their kids and their grandkids. And are they walking with the Lord or are they not? For what's, sure. their faith, what's their faith and values look like? Mm-hmm. We think generosity can be a catalyst for unifying family values and passing on values to our kids and grandkids, um, which, you know, if you, if you have a Christian mindset, man, your, your first ministry is your family, you know, more right. than you, you love your neighbor as yourself. And there ain't no neighbor closer to you than the one living in your house. Right. And so we help people wrestle through those questions of how do I bring my family together? Maybe it's, Hey, you know, we're going to do a week in two weeks in Mexico. And the first five days we're going to build a house 
in Ensenada for a family that doesn't have one. And then we're going to go to the beach rather than just taking your family on vacation, right? Or, hey, wh- what would it look like for us to all go to Africa next year and see the orphanage in you know Rwanda? And yeah, we'll, we'll get a hunting trip in or we'll do the safari, but it'll be fun. It'll be great. But I also want you to see some things that are near and dear to you know our hearts. So we help people wrestle through those types of questions. The third area is passions. What, what are you passionate about? My, my parents for years, they were for 10 years served on junior high volunteer staff at our church growing up. Okay. My parents spent spring break every year in Mexico. And the first week of summer they spent at summer camp every year. My dad only had three or four weeks of vacation. He spent half of them doing ministry. He, they were passionate about junior high ministry. And so, you know, in their will and trust, they want to leave a bunch of money to the junior high ministry. Now, later in life, they care deeply about marriage ministry. And so they want to leave a bunch of money to the marriage ministry when they die. And they want to fund it right now while they're alive. Maybe for you, it's, you know, adoption or it's the pregnancy center or it's the gospel mission or it's your church or it's a a ministry at your church. We just help you wrestle with, you know, kind of strategic questions and journaling exercises around what are you actually passionate about? And it's really fun to have those conversations with your spouse. And then the fourth area is kind of the wealth and resources. And it's really trying to figure out how do we maximize your giving? And this is where some of the tax smart strategies that NCF has at its disposal, like a a lot of financial people don't realize that there's a lot of really tax beneficial ways to maximize giving. And a lot of that is by dealing with capital gains and, you know, bunching. Bunching is a really great thing for people who, you know, maybe they're giving 20 grand a year to charity, right? But they have the cash on hand. Why don't they give 40 or 50 grand to their donor advice fund one year, take a $50,000 deduction on that charitable right. gift, and then take the standard Not deduction the following year. next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Like people don't know those tools exist. And so we get to really sit in that third chair, you know, with you guys and that client saying, well, here's some charitable strategies that might help you maximize what you can give away. And, and, and people love to figure out that they actually could pay less taxes and give more to charity. I mean, that seeing those light bulbs goes on is so fun for us. Right. So how do you work with people individually? Do advisors reach out to you or individuals or probably both, right? Yeah. yeah, It's a hundred percent both. And for the last, I would say, you know, the first 75% of NCF's life, it was completely referral based from clients. So uh, in the last maybe decade plus, we've gotten more strategic about partnering with financial advisors. Um, We actually do webinars for financial advisors where they can get their kind of continuing ed credit stuff kind of taken care of. So we want to serve the financial community in general. Um, Also realizing that, you know, if you're a Schwab financial advisor, you're not necessarily going to advise your client to not use the Schwab donor advice fund, right? You're going to advise them to use that donor advice fund. But the reality is even Schwab, as big as they are, they cannot do the complex asset gifts that NCF can do. They just don't have the team behind them. Like I said, they have, you know, 14, 15 employees. Um, none, you know, we have an army in our back office of some of the brightest gift advisors in the world. And so our ability to handle your complex business interests uh, your, you know, encumbered real estate, things like that. We, we, we are uh, pretty, this is our, this is our niche. This is our wheelhouse. And so sure. uh, we're a really trusted third party um, with a lot of financial advisors and their clients. And it's become a fun relationship to have. Very cool. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have really anything else. What I have we like missed? We, what have we missed, we've Dan? We've gotten it around. We hit the target, I feel like. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Dan, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, people w- are afraid of change. Um, yeah. If there's anything I've learned by, by being in the finance space is you kind of figure out what works. And then anytime you get challenged to change something in your kind of financial rhythm, there's a lot of, I think, fear and insecurity. Um, it's hard to know that you're making wise choices. And um, NCF's kind of unique in that we don't, you know, you like we'll jump on a Zoom call or a phone call or, you know, if you're close by a person to person meeting, there's no fees. There's no it's not like trying to sit down with your CPA and they're charging you an hourly rate. <laughs> yeah. The um, clock ticking. Yeah. The bottle and, and, of water is going on and, your bill. <laughs> and that, that's because we're a ministry, right? Uh, yeah. My boss has from day one said, you are not a, a financial expert, Dan, you are a stewardship pastor. And so pastors don't get paid by the hour to sit with people who are hurting, right. To solve their marriage problem or whatever. And that's the same thing with finances. We, we become a, uh, financially excellent tactical tax, you know, help, but we're, we're pastoring people towards developing a heart of generosity. And so, you know, a, a wise person I knew once said, whenever there's change, there's trauma. And that's the fear that people have about maybe changing their giving strategy, their financial strategy around generosity. And what I would say is NCF makes it really, really easy. Mm-hmm. Opening a giving fund takes two or three minutes there's no fee to have a fund open with a zero balance. So like open a fund, get comfortable with it, put a thousand dollars in it and give the thousand dollars away and go, Oh, that actually was streamlined and simple and easy. And I have a phone number and an email address of somebody I can call or email anytime I have a question and all right. of a sudden it, like the comfort level can raise. And that's what we want to do because man, these ministries I worked in the church world for a long time. You know how many staff meetings, guys, I sat around and somebody had a great idea on how to reach people for Jesus. And somebody had to say, we ain't just got no money in the budget for that right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I reject that thesis. I think God owns it all. He owns the thousand hills with a thousand cattle on each one, right? And so it's a matter of helping people realize that they can be more generous than they thought. That's and, what we get to and do. And being generous right now, I think it's that like, oh, when I retire, I'll give more generously. Or when I sell my company, I'll give more generously. And it's like, yeah, honestly, you probably won't. Like you're you're in a pattern and it's going to be harder and harder to get out of the pattern that you're in. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really thinking strategically. Do you guys have any uh, like resources, webinar, podcast, you know, ebook to kind of, you know, help yeah. facilitate with some of the things you just laid out? Totally. We have an entire generosity library under the resources tab on our website. There's videos, there's recordings, there's sermons, all kinds of stuff there that people can listen to. And then, like I said, we have boots on the ground all over the place. And so if you just want to like ask a question and you know, there are no dumb questions, really the only dumb question is the one that's left unasked. Uh, you can call the number there on our website and a local, a local person will be in touch with you like ASAP. That's the service that the concierge care that we want to give to people who are clients or prospects for us and just walk that journey with them. Yeah. It's super fun. So, so Dan, how do people hear more about NCF and get in contact with you if they needed to? I don't know, just cause you're a cool guy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, like the, the website's a great place to go. NCF California is kind of its own 
you know, beast. Uh, I mean, on the about tab, there's a direct link to our website. And so we kind of have our, our website built into the NCF website. My, my email address is simple. It's just D Navara. That's D N A V A R R A at ncfgiving.com. And I'm happy to route people to the right person. If they send me an email and Hey, I, I'm interested, you know, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina or whatever. Like, awesome. Great. I'd love to make an introduction, a warm handoff to, to a real human being uh, without having to, you know, dial one for this department, all that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> right. let, yeah. let, 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 let's be human about it. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm happy to do any of that or they can browse our website. It's massive. There's all kinds of free freebies and downloads. And if you're a financial person listening to this, uh, you know, it's great to be in cahoots with us. We, we would love to partner with you to serve your clients and be the experts in the room on generosity and best practices. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for your expertise. I think I do want to land the plane this way. At the end of the day, it is not your suburban. No. You just have to understand that. It's not your suburban. So when you're driving it, you might as well wash it, vacuum it before you give it back and fill it up with tank, yeah. with gas. Yeah. I love that analogy. I think that really bodes well for just thinking about your own finances, your own talents and resources. Uh, it's just not ours to give, or it's not ours to hoard. It's ours to give. Uh, yes. Because we've been ultimately given the best gift ever, right? And so it's an outpouring. So thank you so much for your time, Dan. You've been listening to the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Until next time, go be uncommon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.